The idea of open water is to reduce the size and massive cost of medical imaging technologies that see in high resolution inside of our body that don't require cutting up and open our body. These technologies are known by three-letter acronyms like MRI, PET, CT, but basically they're room-size, multi-million dollar scanners that live in city hospitals for the past couple decades that enable diagnosis, early diagnosis of all kinds of diseases. They're the primary way we diagnose cancer early, for example. When they've been really transformative in, if you look in the last 30 years, in outcomes of mortality and morbidity for, for, for cancer and many other diseases. One of the most beautiful women on the planet cut off a half of her body because she found a genetic predisposition for uh, a gene called BRCA. Instead, why can't we monitor what's going on in our bodies if we have genetic risk factors? If we could personally monitor the things we have risk factors for. Certainly, when you're in treatment for cancer or some disease, you can monitor is it getting better or worse based on how the medical imaging works. We could monitor our health factors daily, weekly, in a way that we don't right now and get a bunch of data, learn more. But yes, of course, it can help two-thirds of humanity lacks access to medical imaging, but literally that's actually all of us in that, for example, there's this paper I read a few weeks ago, 6% of cancers in the United States are caused by the medical imaging systems and the radiation that they emit. And so what we're looking at is, is a seed change replacement, uh, um, an upgrade of, of of the ability to diagnose and to treat, because we can actually make the systems run in reverse and do surgery without the knife, open up the blood-brain barrier, deliver um, microdosing of drugs at full intensity at the right spot, being in your brain or a certain you know, organ, by encapsulating the drugs. So we just burst open the drugs with a focused ultrasound ping to deliver um, the right intensity of that chemical at the right spot without it bathing through the full intensity of your body. You do that with chemotherapy drugs too, for example. I would say of what open water is doing, what you said is, you know, yes, it's a new form of technology to image. But we've had these kinds of images for a while. We can go to higher resolution, but that's not a paradigm shift. The part that we enable that's a paradigm shift is being able to communicate with thought alone, using medical imaging and looking at what the neurons are doing and where the brain is using oxygen. And with that and the tools of our time, machine learning and big data, we can collect a lot of data, match it on what you're looking at and be able to infer on what you're thinking what images you're thinking of, what words you're thinking of, whether you're in love or not, whether you're lying or not, whether what music um, is in your head, um, directly with a, a ski cap or an implant in your head. And that, that is really new. 
in the case of medical imaging, it's just that it's millions of dollars uh, to do a scan and requires a power plant, the most expensive room in a hospital that has like the magnetic shielding, liquid helium pouring into the thing, and just simply unaffordable for the vast majority of humanity. So we democratize healthcare, especially in the diagnosis side, and perhaps um, start to digitally stream healthcare, given that this can also be useful on the therapeutic side. But the real moonshot is transcending language to be able to uh, get higher bandwidth out of your head, to be able to dump images and music uh, directly to the computer and ultimately to each other. As I look forward, I, th I think it's inevitable that our brains become connected and that is the way we communicate with each other and to the computers. And that, that's how we will exist in the future. I don't know when this will happen. Um, some of us, I, will do that earlier. When most of humanity is, that is a question. You probably believe it'll happen and then we're just gonna talk about when. And are we ready? What do we lose with that? Do, you know, the, do we have the Luddite society? And it's like, nope. Come on keep going with just the language. Probably there will, there will be this sort of swinging of people embracing that. And there's, there's, the reason I think it's inevitable is we could decide as humanity, we do not want to understand how our minds work. I don't see all of humanity deciding not to understand how our brains work for all of time. I don't, I don't think you can keep that curiosity down. And as the tools are getting better, the, the work that we're doing at Open Water, there are many talks online where I explain the basics of the technology. So we think the physics are solid, the engineering is solid, there's execution risk, it's a startup. We may fail, but to say everyone, the, you have the National Academies of most developed countries on the planet saying of the top five things you can do as a technologist, reverse engineering the brain is one, somewhere between one and five is, is the things recommended by the top tech research institutes of the countries. And so that's a lot of brain power working on this problem to understand the brain, which is very kind of recursive. So I, th I think it's inevitable, I think it's happening, and it will fundamentally change, I think, architecture in that, I think it'll change from a tool perspective. Architecture, to me, is very visual. Um, and so it should allow, as our brains connect better with the computers, uh, more idea flow, I would imagine, which should create more interesting solutions, more idea flow from more people too. I didn't realize the x-ray had such influence on the skyscraper, the bones, the way people describe buildings as having good bones. In terms of how it will affect the design of buildings, I'm not sure. I mean, we we're talking about getting rid of roads and infrastructure. I mean, can we just, with our minds there, do our bodies need to be there?